Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Episode 395, After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. We don't need Craig. Yes. Talks Quick too note. much. What's that? <laughs> talks too much. Craig yeah, talks be- too much. <laughs> So you're you're being serious? No, I'm just kidding. But no, you're not. <laughs> no, he talks way too much, and I'm not I'm not taking this out either. He he's sitting here waiting in the waiting room. He was here later. He was here after you. Um, so I just I'm gonna make him simmer for a little bit. That's it. Yeah, just doing, let him buddy? wait it out. Wait it out. Wait I'm good. I'm good. I want to ask you something. I want to ask you something because he's he, he's terrible to talk to about movies and stuff. How old in 1984? Karate Kid came out. How old do you think Ralph Macchio was when he was doing the Karate Kid? It was 1984. What do you think he was, as Daniel LaRusso, what do you think he was supposed to be, 16, 17? I mean, he looked like 13, no? Okay. He, I, I mean, I don't know. I have no idea how, how old he was. Um, he looks great still. If you look have you at see, okay, now. so have you? this is where I'm going with this. Yeah, I, I figured. So he's in 1984. He was 24. No way, really. (laughs) Or 23. I just learned. I just learned this today. How? I I know. He's so skinny. He's kind of perfect for that role, right? Skinny and shy and and whatnot. But he. uh, So I I sent this to Bandura today too because he and I used to always drop Karate Kid quotes all the time, right? So do you remember when I used to play the song, you're the best in the locker room? I used yeah, to go in yeah. and play it all the time. So I, this thing came out on uh, on Twitter today. I still call it Twitter, but X or whatever. And it's um, in 1980, he was 19. So he's 19 years older than I am. He's 63 right now. And I don't know if you've seen this guy, but he looks like he's in his 40s. What's he doing? What's the secret that, right now? That's the whole point to this. Uh, it's like, that's the question. It was like, what's what could Long- be the secret to his youth? Other than Karate Kid 1 and Karate Kid 2, 
What's the only other thing you know about Macho from? I don't know. Did he do Cobra Kai? <laughs> Did he make a comeback? Cobra Kai, of course. Yeah, he's doing Cobra Kai. Um, like a movie wise, anything. I know he played like a small cameo in a movie, but I can't think. Is it uh... wasn't in a movie? It wasn't in a movie. He played a small cameo in one episode of Entourage. Do you remember? Oh yes, he and Johnny Drama got in the fight about who who kicked open the monkey cage and let all the monkeys out at Hugh Hefner's mansion. Do you remember? Yeah, but I also thought he was in a Harold and Kumar movie or something. That's Maybe. what I. That's something you and and your buddies would have watched sitting around on the sofa after <laughs> after a late night out uh, on Chippewa Street. All right, hang uh, on here. Don't tell him it's recording. It's Banner's birthday today. It is. Thomas Hanks' birthday. They paid you, happy birthday, paid you a nice compliment the other day on the show. Oh, yeah? So he is, uh, how old's Van, do you think? He's what? I think he's two years younger than me. Is he in 85 or 84? His draft year was 04 or 05, I think. 03 was his draft year. He's 40 today. Ooh, big day. 40 years so, old. Oh, yeah, he's 84, 84. Another guy that actually has aged well. You too, I, though, Roisy. How old are you? I, 30. You got to be what? 38? 39? No, oh, fuck. Well, I mean, if I'm one year older than Vanek, do the math, big cat. I forgot about that. We, we I forgot that we that I was 19 when you were 16. So, holy shit, you're 40, eh? Yeah, I'm turning 41 in May. You look like the same as you did in junior when I first got, uh, when I first played in, in Kitchener when I was 16. Had to do push ups on the. Uh, cafeteria tables i wasn't a bad vet was i no you you were good I, you know what i never really got the hazing uh maybe you I got was, verbally abused but you gave it out as a 16 year old I, I did everything like if anybody asked me to do something i'd do it i never you know what happens is is the more the guys that you pick on the most are the guys that give the most grief on things right if you're like hey man carry my hockey bag you're like oh man okay good but if you get a guy that's just going to do it right away and shut his mouth, you're you're like, oh, maybe I don't want to give him my hockey bag anymore. You know what I mean? You so know I what I'm? I made one mistake my rookie year. Okay, I made one mistake. I'll tell you this. Ribs has heard the story. I was playing in Oshawa, and we had we had some vets, and we had some guys that wanted that were they were heroes. You know those the the vets that were the heroic guys that yep. won't. So they started the. Uh, the parade to the bathroom for all the young guys, right? Started calling guys up one by one. And I was the last guy they called. Right. And I had my mm -hmm. headphones on and, uh, and now listen, this is my mindset at the time. I was the only, I shouldn't say the only, but I was, I was a rookie and I was fighting a ton. Okay. Like a ton. And I'm not talking like rookies. I'm talking like I was fighting the heavyweights as a rookie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I was dodging some guys too. There's no question. It was an intimidating league, but I was I was fighting a lot of young, like a, not long, a lot of the heavyweights at a young age. And they called me to the back of the bus and they're like, Andrew Peters, take off your clothes, leave your underwear on and get into the bathroom. And I just pretended not to hear them. I turned my, my disc man up. They call me back again and I pretend not to hear them. And then one of the vets comes back or comes up and taps me on the shoulder and I take my headphones off and they're like, Hey, they want you to come to the back of the bus. And I come to the back of the bus and Riv, I've told you this story. Welcome to the show, Riv. And, uh, they're like, get in the bathroom. I'm like, no. And they're like, get in the bathroom. It, everyone does it. I go, oh, I go, no. Or when some when some of you guys fucking stand up and start fucking fighting as much as I am, then I'll get in the fucking bathroom. I turn around, I went back to my seat, and then they start like fucking giving it to me from the back of the bus, giving it to me, okay. And I just shook it off. Whatever. What are you gonna fucking do? Is basically my mindset. Like if if you're gonna make me get in that fucking bathroom, you guys are all gonna get me in that fucking bathroom. Number one, I'm claustrophobic, and number two, they they didn't know what was going on with my mindset at the time as a young kid and for the next and i didn't get in the bathroom i basically said fuck you come and get me none of them came to get me I sat in my seat alone as a rookie uh 
and the next two weeks were fucking hell. Hell at the rink. I mean, I would put my shoes on. There would be shampoo and gel all the way jammed in the end of my shoes. Like my fucking clothes were taped up. Like <laughs> they gave it to me. They like my visor had uh they put it Vaseline or something. Or... Vaseline in my in my on my visor. Were you yeah. 16 or 17? 17. They they still do that stuff, like somewhat not hazing but like funny stuff i mean i know they crossed the line in some of the leagues and um you know i know they made them do some ridiculous stuff and and obviously that's not good but it is funny the some of the stuff that you do do the 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 good all good fun kind of things um as in put some shaving cream in your hawk skate or, or whatnot, Vaseline on your visor or whatever. Well, here's the I, thing, Roycey. This is a perfect this is a perfect conversation for this because all three of us went through the OHL and there's been a lot of allegations um about the hazing part of things and all that stuff that goes along with it. And it all comes down to perspective. It comes down to an individual person and how they see through their lens right? Things that you thought were just funny, fun things. Yeah. Another person's going to take it in a completely different context. Right. Yeah. And the stuff that I witnessed, the stuff that I went through, this is back in 1991. So think about it. Mm -hmm. Think about the things that happened oh, man, back that in was... 1991. Well, those are the stories that when I get to junior, those are the ones that, those are the ones that we're hearing about that era of that was like yeah that was fucked up like there was there listen let's have the conversation i heard stories where they used to make guys run around with marshmallows jammed in their ass and if it fell out you had to eat it i'm not joking like that's the shit that we used to hear that's <laughs> that so fucking, ridiculous it's 100 and, and and you know what this is the stuff that i kind of mentally prepared myself for and i was like i'm not fucking doing this i remember the funny thing is you said that bd that you were preparing yourself the interesting thing is um the story that you just told just one small little snippet that was that would have been an easy very soft mid-range oh no question. Uh, i mean yeah. and there was some ridiculous uh, you can't even say completely it ridiculous this. things that uh, that I had witnessed, and um, you know things that there I'm was, I'm, I'm not going to say on here. But uh, I can remember just what you were saying there that you were preparing yourself, and I remember saying to myself, I wasn't a big guy when I got to uh, the Kingston Frontenacs. I was I was a second round draft pick. Uh, I was six foot one. I was 167 pounds in my first central scouting weigh-in. Uh, not a real big guy, not certainly intimidating by any stretch of the imagination, but I basically remember saying that I will never do something that I don't want to do and I will fight to the death on it. I remember saying that to myself and, uh, you know, there's, there's guys that went through the phasing stuff that, um, did things that they clearly did not want to do and did it anyway. And I was not one of those guys. I can say that. Yeah. I mean, well, we had a, we had a good group of guys in, in Kitchener, like, like the, from the Serge Pies, uh, the Allen works, like so we had some older veteran it, guys it was, that, that they would never, Royce, that. it was carry bags. Yeah. It was carry bags. It was do push ups. you know, like that kind of shit. Like, Hey, yeah, bro, it was nothing. Yeah. What year were you in the OHL? 99, uh, 2000, 90, 99. Yeah. 2000. Yeah. So you're still in the nineties, man. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, I think it comes from the top, right. From your guys, from, you know, maybe your GM or the coaching staff, or if you have a good, a veteran group of guys that care about the team and care. Well, about here's the thing. Guys, I think and they're not going to make you do it. Yeah. There's, there's coaches that know about it and there's coaches that don't know about it. There's coaches mm -hmm. that know about it and, um, set a standard in which, uh, they don't want the veterans to cross and they're very stern on that. And then there's coaches that basically just turned a blind eye. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And they know who they are. They're going to have to live with the stuff that went, um, that happened on, on their time, on their watch.
while we're talking about the emotions of uh, junior hockey and being a rookie, there are a lot of emotions that go into a personal injury lawsuit. And that's why the attorneys at Salino Law take the emotions out of it by dealing with the insurance companies for you. So if you need a personal injury attorney, you know who to call. Call the AIDS, 888-888-8888. Call Salino Law and let them take the emotion out of it for you. So to, to wrap up that discussion, all I did, I took it. You said uh, you'd be fighting to the death. This was the stuff I could take. You know, I come to the back of the back of the change room and my my clothes were taped in a ball with five rolls of tape. I mean, this is stuff that I knew I would have to take. That stuff was fine. I could live with that. You know, yeah. so you know what I did? I took all, and I swear, this is, it's very hard at the time to understand what you're doing and how to compartmentalize it and use it to your advantage. But I thought, okay, you don't have my respect because I wouldn't get in the back of the fucking bus. I'll earn your fucking respect on the ice. And I fought 33 times that year. 33 fucking times. I was ranked in the first round of the draft. I went in the second round, early second round. And that was it. That's all I could do. I used it for fuel. Yeah. We never did that to you guys. I think we had a rookie dinner. We went for like, you guys all paid 50 bucks or whatever. And the veterans went and ate dinner at the keg and you guys ate sourdough bread and water. I mean, I remember one my my first home game we won in Kitchener, and uh, remember Ryan Milanovic, Rhino. He he's he used to pick me up in uh, Ford Tempo, and Rhino was like, after we won the game and I played well, I was like first star of the game, and he's like, hey, you're coming out with the boys tonight, and I'm like, what? And I'm 16. I've never been a bar in my life. I've never been in a bar. In my, like. So he's like, "Hey, put your best shirt on it, <laughs> and me and me and me on the on right the sidewalk the here for the American Eagle." And, eh? and I'm going right in the closet. I'm like, "What do I have? I think your best shirt is terrible back then, right? Best you're 16. Back then is absolutely brutal. oh, it's you're 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 picking out Randy River T-shirt or whatever you have in there. Pickled out of the thing, throwing it in the in the dryer. You're like, oh, Gap. Wow, I'm wearing that tonight. So." Um, so yeah, so I meet him on the sidewalk and, and he, he gets, he, he pulls up and he gives me a, a fake ID and it's a guy from Newfoundland and I'm looking at this thing. He's like, memorize it. I'm like, what is going on right now? He's like, You're, if the door guy asks you, you got to know everything. So I'm like, all right, I got this. So they stick me in between like him and like another like huge guy and an, an older guy on our team. So that way I kind of look like I blend in. But I'm sticking out like a sore thumb, right? So um, Rhino goes first, and then I go right behind him. And as I'm in, like not even like 10 feet into the door, I'm looking over. I'm like, Ryan, I got in. And he's like, shut the heck up, right? <laughs> <laughs> so then we go to – and then they're like, all right, order, order some drinks for us. And they just sit down, and like that was the thing, right? They got me in the bar, and I got to go get all the drinks for them, bring it back kind of thing, and um, go talk to that girl for me, like things like that. It was just, uh, for me, it was, it was the greatest experience of my life at the time, uh, being a 16 year old at a bar with, uh, with my teammates, all, who, all the vets in the OHL, all the vets. Yeah, it was, it well, was... the fun, you know, the funny thing about our coach, we had one coach that I had and, uh, he, he did not allow, so we were in Kingston, obviously you have Queens university and the downtown bars are are basically together. Queens University campus is literally downtown uh, Kingston and all, where all the bars are. Our coach did not allow any player, even the players that were of age, to go to the bars downtown Kingston. And Where'd, where'd you go? We, we basically just, yeah, we just went to house parties. That's the only thing that we can do because we learned very quickly that this coach knew every single bar owner. Yeah, small town. And it was a very uh, quick phone call to our coach, basically stating these two guys were here last night, just letting you know. Another bar would call, say, yeah, I saw these two guys here last night or these three guys. And th at the very beginning, there's some guys that faltered in this coach's time. And we learned very quickly that that's just not going to fly. We knew that the owners of the bars 
we're we're ratting out the players. Oh yeah, so that was Darcy Wagner's kids' friends at our at the bars in Buffalo. That's how Darcy knew we were out every night. All his buddies' friends, all his kids' friends, were saying, telling, telling his really? kid, "Hey, these guys were all out. These guys were all out." Did you know yeah. that, Rosie? No. Yeah. We had we the had Don. Fucking, are you kidding me? We had spies everywhere. Well, the Don Rosie came in, in with a long black trench coat. Oh, back st- then. Remember back then when Ed Hardy and all oh, that, like so MMA, cool. like all that you stuff loved was Ed so Hardy. huge. Uh, Affliction. Loved, Remember that company, Affliction? I never, I, I never owned an Affliction T-shirt. I never owned an Ed Hardy. Uh, skulls I, and no many skulls and roses I had on my shirt. I, I had a few of those. <laughs> I had a few. I had a few daggers. That's for sure. I had the, um, Dagger through a heart or something like that oh with a name on it. God. Oh my god! Anyway. I mean, I, th- I would think that everyone would look back at photos and be like, "What was I thinking back then?" Right? Like, do you remember the guy from Montreal would come in and design our suits? Yeah. Yep. So the so I went in and so I'm a rookie and I bought a suit my first year, one suit, couple shirts, and some ties from this guy, right? And you had your name inside. That's when you really thought you made it, right? So Zhitnik's in there with me. And I didn't know anything about designing a suit or how many buttons or anything. I thought it was like a suit was a suit, man, you know? And so he's like, how many buttons you want? Uh, two buttons, three buttons, four buttons, four buttons. If you can imagine a four button suit. So, so <laughs> Z starts designing my suit for me. Okay. So I get this charcoal. Z is in. Every Z is Z. Zemkis is Z. Zemkinopka is Z. Well, just a Russian, just a Russian uh, mafia kind of. Wait suit, till right? you, is that what, yeah. you think you'd think that I was driving poot. Okay, so <laughs> I I get this charcoal suit with uh, he he says uh, the guy's like, do you want a stripe? Do you want it? He goes and and Z's like pinstripe, chalk stripe, you know. And he's like doing all this, and, and he's like a little wider, a little wider. So he wanted it wide with thick chalk stripes, like charcoal suit. And uh, and the guy's like, "How many buttons you want?" Z goes four buttons, <laughs> four buttons. I wish I kept this. I wish I kept my suit. I should have kept this thing. I I'm pretty sure I remember this suit on you because so it's I, it was I, loud. But you're a tall guy. Pinstripes make you look huge. So now he gets to the pants. The guy's like, "You want pleat? No pleat. One pleat." And Z's like, two pleats." So now I have. Now I have a four-button suit <laughs> with two pleats, okay, and no cuff. And uh, I look, I put this thing on, and I go to the game, and I'm thinking, like, oh my god, this thing is unbelievable. It has my name on the inside. I look like a fucking mob boss. I look like Al Capone. Okay, all I needed was the hat and the Tommy gun. I swear to God, this was the worst <laughs> fucking suit. How much? Thousand bucks. For everything, the suit, the shirts, the ties. That's not that's not that bad. It's Canadian? That, no, I'm a rookie in the NHL. So I mean I a thousand Yeah, that's a lot. That's the that's a lot. Okay. So it was I'm, one of my paychecks in the minors. I think I wore this thing three times and I was like, what? And then everyone like all that, that thing was in style for about an hour. I got a quick suit story for you. So no when you're no when you're in the playoffs, especially when you get past like the first couple of rounds. The, the good suits start coming out. The warm weather's out. You're just wearing those nice summer suits. So game six against Carolina, we're playing at home. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wear my white suit today. So I, yeah. so I put the white. I'm like, we need the, we need to get going here. Maybe the boys get a little after, a little energy, maybe, maybe loosen up a little bit. So I wear this white suit, bright white. And come to the game, boys are dying loud. Everyone thinks it's hilarious, right? What color shirt was it? Was it a black shirt and red tie? I think I went with like an orange kind of shirt. I'm not okay. sure, but I think it was orange. And after, so we win the game in overtime. That was the craziest game, right? And uh, everyone's going, the crowd's going bananas. We're still downstairs. I still remember this. Like it was yesterday. There's crowd was still in in the stands after we were all uh, unchanged and everything. They're still banging around and going crazy. And then we're flying out that night to go to um, Carolina to play Game Seven. And Drew goes, "Hey, Royce, you gotta 
you got to go in the coach's office and ask what time the plane leaves, right? And I'm like, I know what time the plane leaves. It leaves at, you know, 10.30 or whatever. He's like, no, 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 just, just go in there. I'm like, they're going to fucking kick me out of here. I'd never, I've never walked in the coach's room after the game. There's no way. And he's like, Roisy, do it for us. Come on. So I'm like, I, I, I literally knock on the door like, yeah, I open up the door. I step in and I, I think it was Lindy or, or Jeep. They spit his beer out because he saw my suit. He's just <laughs> like, they took a sip of beer, just spits it out. Everyone starts down. Like, what time is it? I didn't even finish the sentence. I'm like, what time is it? And everyone's, ah! everyone just starts like laughing at me. And then just like, all right, just close the door and just walk out. It was, it was all the guys were uh, circled around the door to see what the coaches were going to say. And it was, it was hilarious, man. Anything to make the boys laugh. Who doesn't love a great pregame meal? You're in luck. Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino has the Buffalo Sabres home game dinner special available on home game days, Wednesday through Saturday, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Three course prime rib dinner special, 50 bucks a person at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I came on today. I was, I'm sitting here thinking Sabres have a, a nice win last night. UPL gets a back-to-back shutout. However, someone had to go and, and say that it was against San Jose and Chicago. Whatever. You know, maybe there's something to that. Maybe not, but I'm not going to take that away from them. I will just say this, though. Um, Darlene gets elbowed in the head by JT Miller. Terrible reaction by the team. Okay, kind of an embarrassment. We talked about the power reaction against this Vancouver game. And then last night, Eric Johnson gets crumpled, crumpled from behind. And this is the guy that goes out and fights JT Miller at 35 years old after he just elbowed your your franchise defenseman in the head. And I, I, I'm not trying to manufacture any kind of frustration and anger, especially off a conversation that we just had. But... I don't give a shit that they scored on the fucking power play. I don't give a shit that they won the fucking game. I absolutely am just disgusted by this team and how they how they stick up for one another or don't stick up for one another. I don't know if you guys want to comment on that. Great win. Sure. Take it for what it is. It was Chicago with a lot of injuries. But to me, that's just unacceptable. And that is exactly why the good teams in this league are going to trample this team for the remainder of the season. Yeah, team team toughness is is something that when you go into a building and you know, remember you go into Boston and you go play these guys and they had like Kara and they had Lucic and all those guys and you go there and you're like, I can't hit Bergeron through the boards from behind or I can't do that to you know, Can't, any any one of their top players, because I'm going to get my friggin' ass kicked. Uh, I'm going to get run over by by somebody, and they're just going to target me the whole game, the whole year, maybe two years from now, right? Like, it, those are mindsets that, that teams set that make the other team come in the building and be ca- cautious of, of how they're playing. And, Who fought Chris Neal after Drury got hit? I hate resorting back to that, that, that year and that hit. But who fought Chris Drew Stafford? Drew fucking Stafford. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Got pumped for it too. And uh, that's not the point. The point is the reaction. The point, the point is, is he was the closest reaction. guy. Yeah. Yes. He was the closest guy there and he knew he had to, what he had to do. And we're and talking about one of the toughest guys in the NHL. We're yeah. talking Chris Neal. Tough as nails. You imagine Drew, who's not a fighter, but had to react to that after your captain. As a rookie. 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 Was he a rookie that year? Rookie. Holy yeah, jumping. Yeah, I think he was a rookie too. Yeah. It, it that's to, that to me is is uh is is everything 
you know, seeing how Drew did not even bat an eye and went after, dropped his gloves. And this is against one of the toughest, most dangerous guys in the NHL. And Drew did unbelievable. Unbelievable. For like, sure, he he gained the respect of all our team. But for sure, he gained respect from Chris Neal as well to be like, holy shit, this rookie came up. And, and, and Drew's a goal scorer. Like he's not, Drew's not a fighter, a bruiser or anything. He was a goal scorer. And like you said, he didn't even bat an eyelash. He went right out there and, and started fighting right away. Cause he knew what did we, what that happened was dirty. when Eric Johnson, I mean, fine. Owen power went in kept his gloves on, grabbed fucking JT Miller's wrist and went to his knees. I get it. Fine. It's fucking embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Six, six honest to God. Owen power could be five, three. doesn't matter to me. doesn't fucking matter. Um, Olafson should never fucking play another game in this fucking team on this team again after that last night. I would sit him out. The power was on the ice again. The rest that look, do you see the fucking arms around each other? It was like oh, it was honestly like they were they were having like a little fucking, you know, they look like their arms around each other, like Taylor Swift in the fucking suite last week. For me, UPL's back to back shutout is overshadowed by the embarrassment and just the, the how soft this fucking team is. Listen, I mean, I'm pretty much the last person that should be commenting on this because you know the way I feel. I don't want to be the uh, beat a dead horse because I've been doing that for a decade. Okay. Decade with this team in particular. I don't understand it. I don't understand how this management group does not see what everybody is seeing. How the fuck does Eric Johnson feel today about that? He must be absolutely... Nate McKinnon would have come in and absolutely started throwing fucking haymakers. 100%. Land but also, but Any also one what of it, those players. Steve Stamkos, Kucherov, Point. You, you go through all the teams. I if mean, somebody, they're going to they're gonna react to this situation because that's that's what they do. Um, Royce, you're trying to get something in here. But. Yeah, so let's say... You you get hit and I come to your rescue, or let's say you get hit and nobody comes to your rescue, and then I get hit. Would you come to my rescue? You know, after would you come? I mean, that's probably kind of your job was to do that a little bit, but different story. But if you back somebody up, it, it becomes such a huge thing as a team. Like as soon as you back somebody up, let's say you, you get hit and like Stafford, for example, went in there. Now, anybody that ever hit Stafford, somebody's going to jump in because they're like, he did it for for him. We got to do it for for staff. You know what I mean? Like, he did it for Drew. That means that if anything happens to him, I'm jumping in. That and was, Rosie, that, snowball. I love that you just said that because my role on the team at that moment, at that moment, I was like, I will come to Drew Stafford's defense anytime. Any, and I wasn't, I, I like Drew Stafford. Okay. Like we, I, I hung out with him last one year ago today was the Ryan Miller event. Actually had a great chat with him and I, I really liked him when I played with him. But early on, when we first, we first started, I didn't understand him. He's a different personality. Okay. Like he's a different breed, this guy, but I had to learn to kind of figure that out and respect that. So, but when he did that and he went after Chris Neal, I was like, fucking right. I will. That's, that's all you need. You don't have to like mm -hmm. every player on your team. You just need to know that you have each other's backs. That's it. And this right here, I'm, I hate to say this, these kinds of things, what Eric Johnson did was try to just at least keep that stitch intact that's keeping this team together. And that incident last night, I believe that divides a team. I don't give a shit about the final outcome. But I think that absolutely is, is a telltale sign of the character of your team. I don't care. Your veteran player gets drilled from behind. It's a five-minute penalty. And what are the guys on the ice saying? Let's just take the power play. Let's take the power play. Fuck. Like Fuck. skill can only skill can what only would take you, what you, would you want to them to spot. do? Not worry about the fucking score, to be honest with you. I don't care. You know what you would know, you want, what would you what would what would have been something that you would have you would have said to yourself, okay, I'm I'm good with the way they reacted to this. If Owen Power or somebody just grabbed the guy by the back and just slammed him down to the ice and got on top of him and fucking or punched him in the fucking head or something or cross-checked him down to the ice or give him a sucker punch, yeah. Sucker punch. I don't give a shit. He just drove like he just drove a player. It's that's the most dangerous play in hockey. How many minutes did he get in that in that uh penalty? Five minutes. 
five and a 10. Okay. The 10. I'm asking you, did he get a five and a 10? Oh, I know. I don't, I don't know. I don't think he left the game. So just a five minute penalty. I'm just asking, I'm asking that question because this player's played 38 games this year and he has 17 penalty minutes. Yeah, Karashev, you got five minutes. Okay. So he had 12 penalty minutes before that incident. He's not a dirty player. Um, I will say this, and I think if Eric Johnson goes back and watches this over, Johnson put himself in that position. He could have just kept on going behind the net and 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 shielded himself from even being hit, but right. made a very quick turn back, and the kid was already um committed to okay. him and and hit him and it was a dangerous play. I can respect I hope there's a but. But thank you. Thank you. There God, should have been there should have been a reaction because a lot of these like, you know, I hear I hear some announcers, you know, here in Buffalo that are like, you know, you you can't be reacting to a clean hit all the time or a hit that you know blah 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 and I'm like, yeah, you can because you're building something that other teams see and understand that if you take liberties with players, then there's going to be a reaction. And the Sabres in particular for so long have played a soft, a softer brand of hockey with, with no enforcer type players or even players that are, are even physical that teams, I believe, know this. They know oh, this. They don't like, I've know. Heard they feast I've on heard it. An- they, they know it. 100%. They feast they it. on it. They feast on it. And that last night is going to roll. Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay is, uh, uh, listen, the Sabres have the capability of beating Tampa Bay. But I think Tampa Bay is just sitting there going, oh, my God, we're going to pound the shit out of these guys, and we're going to win the game. And if Tampa Bay loses, it's because they didn't they didn't try to play that not that style top to bottom, but at least try to to or, initiate yeah, or, and intimidate. Or sometimes skill prevails. Like just skill alone prevails once in a while, right? Like if you can win on skill alone once in a while, but over the long term, you have to have team toughness. You have to have work ethic every every game, or you're not going to be consistent. Skill can skill can win games. Skill or goalie or somebody, somebody can win a game. But like I said, you need work ethic and team toughness. That creates consistency for it. Says the skill guy. I'm glad you said that because every time it comes from Craig and I, it's like people think, oh, you guys are fucking goons or you're, you know, meatheads or you're dinosaurs. Roisy, how important in your mind? So I, I, I'm going to talk about a team that to me is like, I just shake my head and go, what the hell? How is this team so far up in the standings? I don't get it because I had these guys pegged for being a bottom five team in the NHL. Okay. Like they were the year before. When you look at Philadelphia Flyers that have 25 wins, 14 losses, they have 56 points. They're two points behind the Rangers. Okay. They're one of the, they're, they're fourth in the Eastern Conference right now. How important is Nick DeLaurier to Philadelphia? Like, I'm only, I'm going on a side note because obviously we all know, anybody who listens to this podcast, if you do not have the um, talent, if you do not have the talent, the high-end dynamic talent, you don't win hockey games. Right. Um, But a team like Philadelphia, who I think is a very good hockey team, but I don't look at their team and say, wow, that's they're loaded with a bunch of stars. I don't believe that at all. I think they're I think they're well coached. I think they have an insane structure. If you you win games offensively, but you have to play defense to be one of the top teams in the league. And I think there's a standard with torts that you either do this my way or you don't you won't be doing it at all and on top of that 
the team, do you believe that that team, their star players feel comfortable on the ice with Who are Nick their star players in the lineup? They don't have star players. Well, Atkinson can that. No, I, the, I like, say these I, are small, small forwards, right? Tippett, she Tippett's goal last night. But yes. let me let, let me just add something there. First of all, first of all, last night in Dallas's game, they went eleven and seven. Okay, which is interesting, but it's it's Delorier on a regular basis. But Konechny's a hard player. Okay, yes, Couturier's yeah. a hard player. Lawton's a hard player. Uh, Atkinson's not, a pretty hard player for a little I, guy. I was just about to say Atkinson was next on my list for in terms of forwards. Okay, and then I have to imagine, and it's not fighting. No, it's not about no, fighting. No, like, oh no, Travis no. Konechny fights. He hits and he uh, finishes maybe checks. once or twice a year. Like yeah. a, a Couturier but doesn't then, fight at all. Um, Lawton does not fight. Um, who's the little guy you just talked about? Atkinson. Atkinson. Atkinson will not fight once all year, but we're not talking about that. Toughness comes in all different forms. It's, it's, it's the grittiness to win one-on-one battles for a puck. I, I would agree with you, Ribs. Like at the start of the year, I would have said no chance this team's making the playoffs. There's no chance. They don't have enough skill. They don't have enough talent. They don't have goal scoring, but their hard work and their dedication to play the system from the coach, who is a hard ass, um, makes them a hard team to play against every night in, night out. And that's what creates consistency. Your skill can only... How many guys did you play with growing up that had a crazy amount of skill, more skilled than you, uh, but they just they didn't have the drive or they didn't have the work ethic and they just never made it? There's so many guys out there and kids need to understand this is there's skill can only take you so far. You need to push that extra mile. You need to work that extra when everyone else is like sleeping or you wake up earlier and you get more things done. Like you just need to work harder than everybody else to make it, especially nowadays. But you know what else it is too, Roisy? You have to learn how to play the game. You know, like you have to learn how to play. These kids all play one position their entire life now. Like I bet a first round pick now has been playing center since he was 10. You know, uh, Mike Zigamanis, best best comment I ever heard was he said, I played center my whole life. I got to the NHL. They needed me to play wing. I didn't know how to play wing. I had no idea how to play wing. He's like, I, mm-hmm. I was lost, you know, and we know how talented and skilled he was. So I like that you just said that, but a lot of it comes down to hockey sense too. Yeah, you look at the best, some of the best players in the league, like Mitch Marner, not the greatest shot, not the mo- not the best speed, you know, not the biggest, toughest guy in the NHL, but he gets a hundred points because he's smart and he makes plays and he 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 knows the game, he knows where to be. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, same thing. Jacks, like, he skates the like fastest an- guy. Yeah. He's just, they're just smart players. They go to areas where they know the puck is going to be, and then they obviously communicate with their team saying, hey, listen, if you're ever in this situation, I'm going to be over here. You throw the puck there, I'm going to be there every single time. So they 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 know those plays are going to work, but also they just know – these guys kind of know where the puck is going before it even gets there, right? Like when Wayne Gretzky, don't go where the puck is, go where you think it's going to be. That was one of his quotes. Wow, I like that. Never heard that before, Riff. I haven't. No. Uh-oh. What about the? Uh, what I was about always other... chasing it. So. Didn't... <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other one is uh, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. That's kind. It's, I mean, that's not a hundred percent accurate, though. I mean, how many times I'll you pass you it off somebody's skate? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, though. That's like that's a hundred percent selfish, right there. <laughs> it's easy for you to say, Wayne. Time now for Crash Course, presented by Salino Law. Car Crash, call Salino, 800-888-8888. All right, so Sabres' next game is Tampa Bay. Greg, a lot of fans are shitting on you for being wrong about who to start in that last game against Chicago. You wanted Levi. Roisy, you weren't on the show, but Van and I wanted UPL. We're like, go with the guy who's hot. Go with the guy who's been playing well. They played him last night, another shutout. What happens on Saturday? Do they go to Devin Levi or do they stay with UPL? Are you asking me or, or Rose? Well, you're the guy. You're the guy that's being criticized for your well, shitty choice to to play. That's, Levi I, I listen. I mean, Don's done a lot of stupid things this year, so I I would expect him to follow it up with another one against Chicago. 
Um, it's very simple. Chicago's a friggin' layup, man. Okay. You lose that game, you lose your job. And maybe Don wanted to play his best goaltender so he didn't lose his job. Because if you lose against Chicago, you are losing your job. Because that is not a hockey team that is should be in this league. Everyone's like, oh, well, they didn't have Connor Bedard. So uh, that's like not even a, a, an NHL team. If you had Connor Bedard in that lineup, it's still not an NHL team. They're, they were missing seven of their top players on their team. That is a bona fide American Hockey League team. Okay. You have UPL that has played very well for this team. Played the last three games. Levi has not played for a week. You would think that you would give a game to your young rookie last four, four games. goaltender. Four games. Last four games? Yeah. What was that including Chicago? Uh, yeah. yeah but he, I feel like okay, he had so enough, I said, he had enough time I said he rest. played three oh, going games in, okay. leading up to Chicago. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Sorry. And, I'm sorry. And, um, you know, Levi, who's here for what reason? What is what is he here for? What is Kevin Adams? Sell jerseys. No, he's not here for that. Don't even start. He's here to get better. <laughs> he is here to improve. He's here to be put in a situation to play games and and learn from those games. Okay. But there was such a colossal failure of mindset with this kid that he was all he was a special kid and he's gonna come in here and do great. No, no. No, there hasn't been a goaltender like that in the history of the league that has come in at 21 and taken the league by storm. Not one. Okay. Okay. Fine. We get that, man. That's like every time. Well, you're asking me. You're you're, you're so teeing I'm, I'm, me up and slapping me in no, the face like the I'm fucking not. fans out there are no, sitting there I'm shitting around, on me. First of all, no, I'm fucking around with no, you. You're no, you're not. No, you're not. Because you're being, you're being I, you. You're being a dickhead. Yes. That's what fine. you do. Fine, and I the, just said, the, why would you not play Devin need, Levi? I don't need the whole rundown of the scenario. I don't fucking need it. We all know it. Just well, tell don't me ask me the fucking question then. Starting in Tampa Bay for fuck's sakes. That's the, or against Tampa Bay tomorrow. That's what I'm fucking. Yeah, I play UPL. Oh, there you go. There you go. That fucking okay. easy enough for you? Wow. Every time, man. The, Every the time. fans are going to be all over your ribs. Like <laughs> I give a rat's ass. Oh my god, I'm having fucking fun. I'm. No, yeah. fun. you always have fucking fun. You're you're like the fun, most fun guy I know. That's why I'm on here with you every day. You should get a Dealing workout your... after this, Rivs. You're fired right up. Oh, fucking, this is what Petey does. He acts like a fucking asshole and then takes it all back. And he's like, oh, I was just joking. His entire no, life. I just, honest to God, I, I didn't need to hear the whole recap of everything leading up to the decision to him being here this year to everything. Because the it. decision sucked. That's why the decision sucked. You okay. have the worst team but in the you league. Have you have a, an American Hockey League team. But, you can't play Devin Levi. Gain him a little confidence. Gain him another play. He hasn't played in a week. Okay. Now all Derek, of a sudden you take Ukapekalukanen and you make him you go let him go in another run. Derek. Where is that? I have, Derek, I have a question for you. You have a goalie who's establishing himself as your team's number one. Maybe not a, a number one on every team, but on your team's uh, number one, he's played the last four games, back-to-back -back shutouts. Do you play him again against Tampa Bay? I think so. I'm looking at the – he's won three of his last four games. He only had 19 shots last game. He had a day rest in between. I think you play him. You go with the hot hand. You're at home. You play him. I mean, if you're going to make a run to try to make the playoffs, you got to go with the hot goalie. You can't just – Pop a goalie in here, pop a goalie in there. Nobody's got confidence. All of a sudden, you feel shaky. If I let a goal in, am I going to get pulled? You know, he's earned the number one spot. He's played better. He's earned it. You just got to let him ride with it. I look at it from the standpoint of not even his energy level, because I'm sure, I mean, he's got to be taking care of himself, but from the, the team's confidence in their goaltending when they go out on the ice. Like that's that that's a huge thing, right? When you know you have the exact the goalie is there, he plays multiple games in a row. As a D man, you know exactly what he's going to do. 
Um, and then when you keep switching goalies, like you, you know, Riv, when when the goalie gets the puck, you both defend out and you make a play, maybe it's a rim. How many, how many communications have you had with your goalie all the time? It's nice to know that it's the same goalie all the time and he knows exactly what you want and you know exactly what he's gonna do. What do you it's do with tr- Levi then? You send him to the minors? No, you just I make mean, sure he gets extra time in after practice. Because it is tough though. He needs to play games. That's a fucking you know what I mean? stupid to play de- games. That's a stupid decision then. This kid's 21 years old. He needs to play hockey. He has only played in his life. The most he's played is 35 games in a season. Does that sound like a number one goaltender? Number one goaltenders in this league play 55 to 60 games a year. You're bringing this kid in. You made a choice to play this 21-year-old rookie. You didn't. You said, oh, he's not going to the minors. He's going to play in the NHL. And now it's a colossal failure. Well, no. Now they chose to send to Wave Comrie and then keep Levi. So it's probably the more recent decision that is starting to bite them in the ass because they probably didn't see UPL taking off and playing so well the last four games, right? They did not. No. They did not. So I think they probably thought there would be some kind of a rotation, and they're clearly deviating from their initial plan, which is nice to see because it shows that it's more about winning games than it is developing and getting guys in net. But this is where you need Eric Comrie. Not and you're Devin. doing the and you're doing this at game forty five. That's well, that's their mindset. Now they're gonna now they're gonna go to well this circle about winning. Now I will allow you. I've granted you permission to circle back and talk about how that was a failure by management in the offseason, and we said that. And the fans and the listeners of this show who follow the Sabres strongly disagreed with you about the decision. They thought Levi would be fine, and this is the answer, and everything's going to be fine. It all, I, think it all ar- I think I've already given my my opinion on this. Um, I will say this. Don Granato has made a lot of bad decisions, and this is one of them. That's just my opinion. That's my own opinion. Everybody else can have their opinions. I look at this, and I'm going to tell you right now, I think it's very clear that Ukapekalukanen has become the clear, not even, not even, there's no gray area, of the clear-cut number one goaltender in this league. That means he's going to play Three out of four games or four out of five games. And you're going to have, you're going to have Devin Levi. Who's a rookie, a rookie first year in the league is going to be picking up the scraps. It's not the ideal situation. I'm still, I think Devin Levi is still going to be an insanely good goaltender. He should be the number one goaltender on this team with time but in order to get to that position him sitting on the bench in the nhl is not going to get him to that well, point then maybe he UPL's, needs to play maybe upl's done the team a favor and now they can send levi down and bring comrie up yeah it's not far like rochester's not far if he can go down for a couple of days or maybe a weekend play two games how about the rest back of the up, year like how about the rest of the year ukapeka lukanen has solidified the number one position bar none. You have um, Comrie in the in the minors is in is a clear cut backup goaltender in this league that we would all feel very comfortable with if he's playing in a rotation of every five games he gets one game. Devin Levi should be in the minors not just this year, but he should be in the minors next year, playing 60, 65 games next year. He should play every frigging game so he can learn, his body can learn mentally and physically to be able to play the big boy load of hockey, which is like the 60-game the sixty game goalie. That's what we want. He's never even come close to that in his career. What are we doing sitting him on the bench here? Like, it's just another failure, and, and they don't... Like, does someone not have the balls to basically just send this kid down because it's the right thing for him and his development? I want to see Devin Levi here in the NHL, but I, I don't mean, need I, him here I, in the NHL when he's 22. I would I would ask him, too. I think he would want to play. 
right? Would you want to sit and back up and eat pizza after the game and, and do nothing? Or would you want to go down to the minors and at least play some games? Well, would you rather sit the guy? Be the guy. Yeah, I'd rather be the guy and make 975 grand and eat pizza after the game, get a ton of work in NHL practices. I mean, there's a there's a significant difference. I mean, if you want to put playing games over making money at this point in a young kid's life, coming out it's of college little, looking at the di- short term different. man i mean yeah, the short little, term yeah. i would rather get paid what does he get paid in the minor 75 80 yeah, i would rather he's... take eighty thousand dollars for two years knowing that i'm going to be making millions when i'm the number one goaltender for the buffalo sabers as the number one unless this is UP, about this is UPL's, about development unless what if upl's taking that over you're telling then me you have you telling are you telling me right now that if 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 Ukapakalukanen develops into a number one goaltender and is actually a really good goaltender, think like Jacob Markstrom, who was a second rounder, took five, six years to get in the league. I don't know how long it took Vasilevsky, but I think everybody saw Vasilevsky was, was going to slowly, rounder, you know, Ryan, he was a first rounder. UPL was a sec as what 30 somewhat overall. Yeah, that's 34 five, that's, maybe in a in a time when they weren't taking goalies in the first For a round. goalie, yeah, that's technically first round, yeah. As high, I think he was the first goalie taken in the draft for his year. They never take goalies in the first round, really, ever. Spencer Knight, and maybe there was one a few years ago. He was ago. 54th, by the way. Fifty, Okay, 54th, second round. Flurry, Flurry, Flurry went uh, number one. Yeah, okay, well, <laughs> everyone's singing Flurry the praises. Still, you know still, still had, playing. Still playing. Yeah, yeah, he had shootout wins. Um, 6'5", 217 pounds, and this, this young man is uh, 24 years old, going to be turning 25. To me, this is this is Jacob Markstrom, man. Why are we going to give that up? This is Jacob Markstrom. Like, now, granted, let's remember this kid was the player of the year in the OHL his rookie year. Okay, he was solid in the minors. He's come off double hip surgery, a COVID year. His development has been halted, and maybe now we're starting to see the peak of his. Did you see him move last night? You see him move. He's fast. He's good. Yep. He's good. He's, he's healthy. And and we're still he's healthy. And we're still just gonna say this is Devin Levi's team. I'm fucking sick of that. No, it's not. No, it's not. Right now, it's Ukapekalukanen for the rest of this season. And you know what? Maybe for the next five years. Yeah. Just lock on to a kid because you hyped him up so much and built him up so much. Who knows? Maybe this is well. Been- listen, I I look at Don Granado's decision to play him. I can totally understand it. I think Don Granado basically said in a press conference or something that he's like, you know what, we're gonna go with the hot guy. We're gonna go with the hot goaltender that's playing very well for us right now. And I totally, totally get that. And I would totally get that for almost every single team in the league except for Chicago, who suck so bad that there's no possible way that the Sabres can lose that game. They're, they literally have an American Hockey League team. Seven of their top players. The team sucked even with the top players. So it would have been, for me, a night just to get your rookie goaltender that needs time to play and needs to gain a little confidence. Yeah, I think it's need, really they important. Need wins. They need wins, though. How are you not going to win that they... game, Rosie? Yeah, How I get are it. you not going to win that game? You could take bad the goal fifth t- goaltender from Rochester. Yeah. The fifth goaltender. Like 19 right? shots, yeah. Bring you up play, Tukarski. I guarantee you're winning that game. I you guarantee play it. Him, you play him against Tampa Bay. Hundred percent. What, regardless of what happens in that game, then you go out west, and on Tuesday, Wednesday, you have Anaheim, LA back to back. You let him acclimate. You rest him for Anaheim. You play him against LA, and then you play him against Who? San Jose. To Levi. You, oh, you Levi should get Anaheim on Tuesday night. I, give- I, I would, I would play, I would play Ukebek Lukan against um, Anaheim. And what about LA? LA's LA, I, I, exactly, because even if you have even if you have Ukapekalukanen in, I think it's still going to be an extremely tough game to win. I would guarantee my win with your best goaltending in Anaheim, and I would hope that Devin Levi just comes out of his sh- just comes out and steals a game because he's so amped up to play well. Then I would come back with Ukapekalukanen again. 
Rosie. I'd be riding that kid. I'd be riding Uka Pekalukanen. Like I said, four of of out of five games. Yeah, something yeah, like that. Ride. Three and one or four and one or something. Yeah. Yeah. I might even ride him on the back to back. Anaheim LA is not that far apart. It's not like it's it's a you know, after the game you go back to your hotel, then you bust to LA the next game. It's not that it's not that hard. Um then you have the all star break next week too. So if you gotta grind them, grind them. All right, that's enough of Crash Course presented by Salino Law. Car Crash, call Salino, 888-888-8888. Don't wait. Call the eights. See Lindy's uh, press conference the other day where he lit up the reporter saying, I know you don't watch the game very well. He's still doing it. Still doing it. Still got the passion. So he's 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 been in the game for, what, 45 years? That's great. Like, he's been in the game for a long time, man. See a Hall of Famer? For his time in the game, hundred percent, and, and the energy it requires every year in year out to be mm-hmm. like that, like, like it's like crazy. there's got to be a way. There's got to be a category for Lindy Ruff in the Hockey Hall of Fame. I don't know if it would be Builder. I don't know what it would be, but it's... but how many games does he coach? Is not just not just just being on the bench. How many games do you think he has coached? to be one of the winningest coaches of all time? I think we'll Lindy's got to be around seven, six, seven, eight. I would think. Yeah, but he's got to be over two thousand games, no coaching. Oh yeah, easily. <clears throat> like how many guys do that? Just alone, maybe five. Fourth Scotty in all time wins. Scotty Bowman, Lindy Ruff has coached one thousand seven hundred and fifty-five games. He's oh, fourth all yeah, time. Sure. He's fourth all time with 856 wins. Who's number three? Barry Trotz, 914. Then you have Joel Quenville, 969. And then Scotty Bowman, 1244 wins. Those are wins. Games coached Scotty Bowman, 2141. Quenville, 1768. Trotz, 1812. Lindy, 1755. Ken Hitchcock, fifteen ninety eight. Paul Maurice, eighteen ten. Well, wasn't Hitchcock in the Paul whole Maurice thing? has coached, head coached more games than Lindy. Lindy just has more wins. Paul Maurice was coaching when he was like twenty eight. He went from the Hartford Junior Whalers or the Detroit Junior Whalers to the NA to the Hartford Whalers, I think. And how many how many games did Lindy play? thousand no less than craig i know that because craig was telling a story about the two of them the other day and i always thought that maybe lindy's axe to grind was that craig had a better career than he did so i think <laughs> lindy he played like eight something and craig was 923 because we just looked this up oh okay. lindy ruff played 13 years in the league so he's combined of 2500 games coaching and playing at least 2500 I always I always a think lot. about this too. He he played 691 games in the NHL. And then his coaching is just in, in, in incredible. And I always think to myself like at at what point in time do you just get bored and want something else in life? No. No. This man, you know him. You may not know him, but you know him. He is chasing one thing. You've spent this much time in the game. Yeah. You have not been able to let one thing go, and that is winning. He has not won a Stanley Cup. And I think that is, he would, if he had won in 99, I don't think he would be coaching right now. I think he would have stopped after Dallas. Maybe he would have taken another job somewhere. Maybe he would have gone and been an assistant coach, but he would have, I think he would have been fine with that. But he is chasing a Stanley Cup. There's no question. How old is he now? How old is he now? Did we just become best friends? How old is he? You want to do karate in the garage? Want to go do karate? Kick some balls <laughs> in pockets? <laughs> uh, I don't know how old. 63. He'll be 64 on Man, February that was 17th. My guess. That was my guess too. I should have said. I mean, he's still he's still young to these players, as you know, from the grandfather standpoint. 
Does he still go out on the ice and fire slap shots or what? What do you think? Does he ever does he still go out on the ice in jeans? Run practice in jeans? He used to do that when he'd go out with the Roch guys during the lockout, but I think he did that on the road a couple of times where he just like we were, you know, things were good, oh five, oh six, oh six, oh seven. You went seven, eight, nine, ten in a row or whatever. I remember when the coaches showed up for lockout, they, you know, we had the um Sabres coaches come down to to Rochester and take take a look at practice. And you should have seen the boys fly around at that practice. I tell you, oh, oh, oh. there was some battling going on there. I just I just remember Lindy Ruff. I I he wanted us to work hard in practice. Practices were very, very hard. I remember always the compete practices that uh he just demanded guys to get out of their comfort levels of just kind of going through the motions. And always being able to get some sort of flair in practice where someone got pissed off and now all of a sudden things heated up and the rest of the guys were sitting watching going, holy shit, this is going to be a shit show today. And then he, just he got, it, he got hurt. Remember, Lindy got hurt in one of these battle practices. We did, remember like in the circles, they throw a puck in the middle and every circle had its own battle going on, like the five circles, the five yes. dots. And yes. he was, I think, standing, looking at one of the other battles. He's yelling across the ice. And somebody came like behind him and took his legs out, like fell through the battle. And he broke his ribs. Remember that? I believe. Yes. I yes. believe that player's name is Jordan who, who, Leopold. He's the one that fell into him? Yeah. And then apparently Goose came skating all the way from the other end and slid on his knees and was like, no. Put, take take his L glove off, put it lifted, behind his head. <laughs> lifted Lindy's head, put his glove underneath. <laughs> Call 911. My dad is down. Yeah. And then uh and then he couldn't he couldn't be on the bench. Remember, Jeep had to coach the team for like three and then games. They crushed it yeah. with Jeep. And they then we went on a three-game winning streak. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then when they fired Lindy, they hired Ron Rolston, not Jeep. And the merry-go-round begins. But that'll be it for today for After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close.